you want victory, you can have it in Christ Jesus. Time once again for Abiding in Christ with Jim Wood. You have to step back, evaluate the various positions in light of Scripture, and then re-engage with a godly perspective. Pastor Wood is the founder of Weirs Valley Ranch, a Christian home and school for kids from crisis family situations. Jesus said, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. You can contact the program by calling 866-41-ABIDE or by visiting us on the web at wvr.org. And now, without further delay, here's your host, Jim Wood. Folks, my guest this evening is T.C. Stallings. He is a dear brother in Christ we've had on the broadcast before, and um, God has blessed this brother in so many ways, and he's been through a lot of challenges, but he keeps coming out shining for Jesus, and we are very grateful to welcome him back to the broadcast. Thank you, brother, for joining us. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. You bet. Now, you play the role of Cecil Johnson in the new movie, No Vacancy. And uh, if you would, uh, tell us about the movie and uh, why you decided to take this role. Uh, Yeah, sure. No Vacancy uh, centers around an incredible inspirational story uh, of of a man who was uh, depressed and uh, he was on drugs. He was homeless. Um, just a lot of things that was just making life really, really tough for him. And it tells his story of a complete 180 in his life, the church that helped him do that, and uh, the reporter that was covering the story of what the church was trying to do, which caused all of this to intersect. So it follows all three of these stories. And the church was about to build a new sanctuary, but they changed their mind in recognition of the homeless problem in their community. And they decided to... Yeah, absolutely. And they decided to instead use the money to to uh, purchase a hotel uh, or a motel so that they can put the homeless into it. There's a reporter. So that's one story. There's a reporter who gets demoted to that small town and she has to cover stories there. She stumbles upon this story. So that's her uh, part in it because she ends up covering what the church is doing which yeah. ends up helping the whole community to get involved. And then meanwhile, my character strung out, drugged out, all messed up and runs into one of the people um, uh, that uh, runs into the church, the church situation. And so it all comes together. And so that's the quick version of this incredible story. And it was the opportunity to tell this story and be a part of it that just literally for me, it was a no brainer. I read the script. It was just like, I have to be a part of telling this story. Tremendous. Tremendous. Well, my, in my opinion, the best stories are the true ones. Oh, yeah, and, I agree. Uh, you know, because, because again, sometimes you see a story and you think, well, that's good, but it's not real life. <laughs> this is actually based on real life. Real life, and, real life. Yeah, and and I, I want people to know, as you do, that God is real, and he really does transform lives. Yeah, this is real life, real people. And, you know, I know that, um, you know, God, for a lot of people will think, you know, Christians don't have the monopoly on doing nice things and being kind. And I get all of that. But what I love about this particular story is 
that's that's what people depended on. These pastors and people at this church went to the Lord in prayer for direction about what to do. And he started to answer his prayer by using people and situations. And so, sure, yeah, anybody can do something nice. But at the end of the day, this was a prayed on purposeful act that uh, people literally went after God, like, Lord, what do you want us to do? And he showed them exactly what to do. So we definitely can attribute what happened uh, to the guidance of the Lord. So he gets all the glory for everything that happened. Praise the Lord. And, you know, that does make a world of difference. A lot of times people have, you know, good intentions. They want to do something positive. And so they come up with an idea and they ask God to bless it. But that's not the same thing as saying, God, what do you want? How do you want this done? And then obeying him. If you look, I I often preach this. If you look at all the miracles that Jesus did, he was being obedient to the Father. They said, how do you do these things? Where do you get the authority to do this? Jesus says, I only do what the Father tells me to do. I only say what the Father tells me to say. And then when you look at how those miracles played out, in every miracle that I can find, Jesus gave people a word of instruction. There's a command given, whether it's have the people sit down in groups of 50 and 100, whether it is bring the boy to me, whether it is go and wash. But, you know, there's always a miracle that has obedience woven into it. Mm-hmm. And uh, if, if God's people want to see the power of God at work, Try asking God what he wants and obeying. So you've experienced that in your own life. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had uh, your direction. You wanted to be the professional athlete, and you mm-hmm. experienced some of that after a great college career. You you played on the professional level um, in Canada and, and elsewhere, but you, you weren't quite getting to what you wanted. And God redirected you, didn't he? Yeah, I wanted to go to NFL. It was a childhood dream um, ever since I was 12 years old. And it's like the Lord allowed me to play for as long as he wanted me to play. But when he had finished working on me and getting me to a point where I would be you know, more open to accepting uh, the next step and him basically wanting me to trade in my will for his will. And, yeah. and and be and be okay with that. And it's just like all throughout those years that he was letting me play, he was, you know, I'm thinking he's groom, grooming me to get to the NFL because I kept getting closer and closer and closer. But through all the things that I was going through in my life, he was just grooming me for when he was going to shift my passion to something completely different. And in 2008, um, after that was like my sixth year playing pro football, is when my uh, passions uh, kind of uh, unexpectedly got shifted to where I'm like, I'm ready to pursue acting full time because I think I for sure can give God some glory out of the way in which I do it. And yep. uh, so, yeah, man, he he completely redirected me, and uh, you know, I traded in my will for his, and and uh, that's that's what the Bible instructs us to do, and uh, I don't regret a moment of it. Praise God. Um, we've seen you in courageous. We've seen you in war room. Um, I, I I had somebody who told me, you know, um, he seems like a nice guy, but um, after seeing him in war room, it's hard for me to like him. that's perfect i always love when people say that all that means for an actor is that you did your job you know you did your job is that uh people people when they have a hard time separating you from the character it's that that, an actor's 
number one goal, I know mine is an actor. My number one goal is to be believed. And so when yeah. you believe my work, well, that's that's a that's a big pat on the back. So thank you. Well, that's that's <laughs> what I thought you could appreciate that. Not everybody yeah. would, but you're an actor, so you do. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's the goal. That's what you that's what you sign up for. You know, you want people to to believe. And it's like, you know, like with no vacancy, I want them to 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 see Cecil Johnson, not even TC. They'd see him, not me. And so that's always the goal. When someone tells you like, man, I I wanted to knock you out in war room. I'm like, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> that means a lot. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, again, you've you've not only got talent in this arena but you have honed your skills as an actor and it, you are believable in your roles. Um, you are convincing. You. People feel like they're getting the real you, even though you yeah. play different characters. And yeah. that's very, very well done. And not it's something that a lot of people in the field of acting do not succeed in. Yeah, well, I, I, I just, you know, I, I got to the point where I, I get annoyed when, uh, you know, if, if people say, you know, the, you know, something you're acting is corny or cheesy or things like that. And I, I, I don't hear that much personally, but just when I hear it in the industry, period, and it doesn't matter what the genre is, if I never want my work to be uh, called, you know, corny, cheesy, unbelievable, or whatever the case may be. So just over the years, I've been studying like, well, what makes it not that? And it's just simply looking at how real conversations happen, looking at how people really react to things. And I call it when I, you know, I, I work with uh, people that I coach in acting and I just tell them it's called acting without acting. You know, mm -hmm. um, and I and I, that's a whole nother uh, topic for another time. But just to sum it up, I mean, for me. It's, um, you know, I look at what what would I really do? What would a person really do in these situations? And just try to bring that to the screen. And it's a lot simpler than people think. But it, it there is a skill of acting. And I think it's, uh, you know, it's acting without acting. No one should know that you're performing some lines. It should just feel like you're they're watching you live out a part of your life somewhere and they yes. get to peek in on it. So, yeah. Now, what kind of experiences did you draw on? in order to play a guy whose life has been very different from yours. I mean, as you said, this guy was homeless. He was strung out on drugs. And yet in order to present that persuasively, you had to draw on something. Were there some people you had known, experiences you'd had with folks that, that helped you with that? Because you can't just get that convincingly out of a book. No, not at all. You 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 want to and you're not going to experience everything that's that's where your talents come into play and you got to kind of do right. your research but the things that I did I drew from both things that I had experiences with and and things that I would have to talk to other people so for everything I didn't have experience with for example um uh I have never been on the street type of homeless where you're trying to survive every night out and and you don't have any place literally to put your head never been through that never been in a situation where i was on drugs never been in a situation where i had to go through withdrawal um mm -hmm. trying to get off of drugs uh, never been in a depressed depressive state uh never been you know drunk with alcohol like, where I, like just all these different things so this was my character's life and so right. when people see you doing that there are millions of people in the world who have been through those things and if you're not authentic you know that will just crush the whole thing so for right. me it was literally i grew up around all of that 
you know, I've seen that firsthand. I do know what it looks like. I do know what gets yep. you there. And yep. um, so that was something I had to draw from just personal experiences, watching other people go through these things. But right. as far as the things that were unique to Cecil, the coolest part was talking to his wife. His wife um, was my main source of knowing how Cecil act, how he talked and the things that he went through. So she she was just tremendous in helping me. And then the the, the executive producer, uh, Art, they were like best friends. So him as well. Then I'm listening to him tell his own story and tell his own testimony. I have videos of him because he passed away in 2019. So normally when you play a real person, you want to talk to that person. Yeah. Uh, when you don't have the luxury of that, you talk to as many people who knew him. So yeah. you combine all those things together. And that helped me to be able to, to do what I needed to do. Talking to, like I said, his wife, Victoria and Art. And then for the things that uh, like you completely have no... Uh, um experience with like uh meeting him then now mm -hmm. you got to just be creative so i created a look that was kind of close to maybe how he uh carried himself and uh came came up with this little accent that i could use so you wouldn't see tc you see him like that kind of thing yeah and, and that's the skill part of it and uh and it was i loved every minute of transforming into a completely different person and, and having to rise up to the challenge of yep. no one seeing TC, but seeing Cecil Johnson. It was great. That's super. Now, you, Dean Kane was in this, and um, uh, another actor whose name I'm drawing a blank on. Uh, Sean Young. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Now, how was it working with those guys? Because I don't think you'd worked with either of them before, had you? No, and uh, the coolest thing about this this whole uh, career, being that growing up for me, it was never a goal to be an actor. I'm mm -hmm. taken back to as I'm growing up as a kid, and I'm looking at all of these people on TV. You know, um, all like I've, I've I've performed with so many people that I watched growing up, and it yes. and it, it, it tickles me every time I think about it. You know, like with Sean, for example. You know, I I I'm watching Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. You know, yeah. and she she has a, a character in that. And again, I just want to play football. I'm not thinking about being in no movies. And then here you go, you know, 20 or so years later, here we are trading lines, you know, in a film. So that's always uh, great for me. And uh, so it was it was cool to work with both of them. They both have been incredibly complimentary of uh, everything that I have done. And that's really yeah. encouraging. And uh, yeah. so it was great. It was great working with them. Well, the Lord is kind. He not only makes dreams come true, but he does things we wouldn't have dreamed. Yeah. You know, I tell people all the time, um, a lot of people think that, you know, you can just take your dreams, your desires and go to him and, and uh, see what he does with it. But instead, man, I just said, take your heart, because when you look in scripture, Psalms 139, 16 tells you that before you were born, he's already constructed what he wants you to do. So uh, I've got out of I've got out of that, this thing where I go to him. And, uh, you know, I got these dreams and all the different things and uh, make it happen as opposed to, OK, Lord, here's my heart. Fill it with what you want me to do. And then um, if I do have things that come up that I think I want, he does say, you know, uh, let me know what those things are. But at the end of the day, it's not so that you can, you know, make them happen like you're a genie. It's so that you can authenticate that calling. Is this coming from you or is yeah. this coming from me? And if and either way, do you want me to do it or not? You have right. total control. And uh, and that's just um, that's the way you biblically live, live out your life. And um, and I'm glad that he has my heart in that way, because uh, like, <laughs> only what you do for him will last, man. And, and I just uh, I want to please him. Amen. Praise God. Now, we talked uh, really shortly after your mother had passed away. 
you mm-hmm. lost your mom and your grandmother yep. to COVID. Right. Um, and, you know, with that, there there was a sweetness in that they love Jesus. And you know you're going to see him again. We talked about right. that on the broadcast. Yep. And now some more time has gone by. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you've worked through the grief process that much more. Yeah. How vital is it for you to have that confidence that the gospel is true and I'm going to be reunited with those who are in Christ. I mean, it's everything for me because uh, I just think I would, I'd probably just be crying all the time. Um, I would be sitting up here constantly thinking about the regrets that I have and the do-overs that I want to do. And, um, you know, it would be a hard to like see pictures of them um, yeah. and just, you're just constantly in a de- depressive state. But, you know, for me, you know, I wear my mother, you know, um, on my wrist. Sweet. You know, all the time. That's a, that's a picture of the last time that we were together. And I see her all the time. And uh, I just keep saying to myself, like, you know, the, the pain of what I lost has been replaced by what she gained. I mean, she's Amen. to be absent from the body, to be present with the Lord. So whatever that looks like, you know, the Bible isn't clear on what that looks like. But whatever that is, I just know that she is in the presence of the Lord in some way, some shape, some form. And so for me, I'm just like, man, I got to I, I can be happy about that. And I let that sink Amen. in. And I let the Holy Spirit help me feel really good about where she is versus bad about where she isn't, which is here with me. And um, I let I don't fight that. You know, I I just let that I let that make me happy. And um, and that's and that's how it should be. And I'm just like, whenever the Lord calls my number, um, you know, I know this is this is this is. Life is 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 uh, the the job that God gives you to you know share about His Son Jesus and live by the Holy Spirit until He says you're done working. And uh, you know, my mom's done working, my grandmother's done working, and uh, soon I'll well not soon <laughs> I don't know but one day I'll be done working. We'll all be done working, and if you are if you are in the Lord, you know you'd be reunited reunited with these people, and that's the hope that. Uh, keeps me going and, and gives me the energy that I need to keep living. Um, and I, I love her. I miss her, but I'm, I'm glad she put me on the path to know Jesus. And, uh, and because she knows him, I'll see her again. Amen. Amen. And that does make all the difference in the world. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, yeah. that's why we do what we do, man. I want to see that for, for yeah. everybody, for yeah. everybody. Folks, it's a great privilege for me to be able to come each evening and bring God's Word on these stations, and I'm thankful that I have the opportunity to do that. But if you listen regularly, you know that my life day-to-day is involved in trying to minister to kids who come from very difficult situations. I want to ask you to help us. Contact us at wvr.org and find out how you can be a part of the miracle. That's wvr.org. Please help us help these children. To step out of my comfort zone Into the realm of the unknown Where Jesus is And he's holding out his hand Now you mentioned your mom put you on a path to know Jesus. Talk with us a little bit about that. How did your mom uh, influence you? How did she direct you toward the Lord? Well, it's just, for me, she... I got the best version of my mother, and I say that because I'm the youngest of six, and uh, my mother wasn't always in in faith like she should be, and, um, you know, I always say, had I been her first child, you know, um, it might have been rougher because uh, she was still working her way through, but by the time she was in her early 30s when I was born, 
Uh, she's she went from you know uh, being out in the streets to being in the church singing in the choir and uh it was I, it was at that point where she's like looking if i'm going to church you going to church you know and and uh <laughs> being that i'm young you have to listen to that because if i'm 25 i don't necessarily have to listen to that i can go on my own but i'm a really young kid and i go everywhere she go so because at that stage of her life she was really get, falling in love with jesus then I organically am able to see that happen and and follow that example. And so now I'm singing in the choir and I'm, you know, going on the vacation Bible studies, just continue to learn about Jesus at a young age because I'm following my mom's example. And then as you start to take it on for yourself, you can kind of just take off from there. But has she never transitioned into being that type of woman? Um, you know, it. I don't know how, like some other kind of way of the grace of God, I, I may have been able to, uh, get on the right path, but who knows, you know, who knows what it turns out to be yeah. if she's not uh, bettering herself. And she did that. So it was just me being at the, uh, uh, watching her go on her path, um, you know, uh, and, and making sure that I go the same way and giving me that start. And then from that point on, I, I've grown so much in my faith. Uh, but again, it, it had to start with her. Amen. And there is no better way for a parent to point their kids to the Lord than to say, follow me as I follow Christ. That's, yeah. that's Paul did. You yeah. know, he said, he said, follow me as I follow Christ. And if his parents were saying, do as I say, not as I do. Right. That's not going to have at all the same impact. Right. But if we are modeling what we want our children to do in the way of following Christ, that, that makes a world of difference. I'm so grateful to your mom for having pointed you in the right direction. And I want you to introduce us when we're in heaven one day. <laughs> Absolutely. However, however the Lord conducts that thing, yeah. <laughs> if he allows that, man, I want everybody to meet my mama, man. I tell you, uh, we're going we're gonna to have plenty of time. <laughs> yeah. Eternity. Yeah. We'll, <laughs> and uh, I, I, you know, um, and, and the thing that I've learned too, just being a parent of two myself is just, you know, I mean, you can do all the right things as well. And it does not necessarily mean that, you know, your children are going to respond, but you want to be a parent that says, Hey, I gave you uh, everything that you needed to, to make an informed decision about who Jesus is, who God is, who the Holy spirit is. And you don't want them to be able to say, you know, you got in their way, you didn't help yeah. them. You weren't, you know, and so, but their relationship will be their own. And so my relationship will be my own, but I, I am able to say that my mother put me in a position to where I could clearly see how to love Jesus and move from that uh, point uh, rather than being someone that was a hindrance and I have to learn it from somewhere else. Like I, I yeah. can't, I can't say that about her. I can say I had a, I had a good example to watch um, her grow and uh, put me on my path so I can grow too. Praise the Lord. We work with kids who come from all kinds of difficult backgrounds here at Where's Valley Ranch. And we say repeatedly that everything we do is designed to make the gospel believable. Our goal is not only to state the gospel, but to live a life of love so that it's easier for these kids to believe. We can't make them believe. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. We can pray for them and love on them, and only God can change their hearts. But our job, as you describe, in trying to make it easier for your kids to believe, not be an obstacle, but to be one who's pointing them to him, our job is to make the gospel believable. And that's, that's what I love about your films. 
the, the movies that you do help people to believe. It makes it easier for people to believe. And this, this latest one, um, No Vacancy, is, is one that, again, because it's a true story, has the additional power of credibility because it's not just a make-believe script where somebody says, wouldn't it be nice if a church decided to be unselfish? <laughs> Instead, this is the true story, and God used that to change lives. And he's Absolutely. still today. Absolutely. DC, you, you are a blessing, man. I'm so grateful that uh, you are serving the Lord and that he's got you right where he wants you. And I pray that God will continue to bless you as you seek to obey him and honor him. Know that we're cheering for you. And if we can ever get you to come down to East Tennessee and visit Wears Valley Ranch, we'd like that a lot. <laughs> that's easy, man. You tell, tell the Lord that's what you want, and then I, I go wherever <laughs> he tells me to go. So <laughs> right. it's whatever that's he good. says. <laughs> that's good. Thank you, brother. Thank you very All right. much. All right. Thank you. You've been listening to Abiding in Christ. If you have questions that you'd like for us to tackle on the program or comments that you want to make, I want to invite our listeners to call 866-41-ABIDE. That's our toll-free number, 866-41-ABIDE, or contact us on the web at wvr.org.